broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello, Welcome Home listeners. Thank you for joining us on episode 24 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom, here with Trevor. Uh, Trevor, did you see all of the people that commented on our really cool How DVC Are You uh, quiz that we did? Oh my gosh, yes. That You know what? That was awesome. I, I was really blown away by the amount of people that commented and responded, and, and the scores too. I mean, I... I think I said it on the last podcast that, you know, I'm I'm feeling kind of like a noob because a lot of the stuff <laughs> that I was supposed to do, I didn't get to do. So my score is way lower than it should be. But yeah, we, we have some real hardcore DVC listeners out there, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, it was kind of amazing. I, I, I know what you mean, you know, because I, I feel like even with my score, I think it was a 25, I still felt very inadequate to some of our listeners who are really, <laughs> I mean, so, nobody had a perfect 50. I will say that. We didn't see any perfect 50s, but um, we did see some very high scores. And thank you all for taking that thing. We, we had so much fun making it and then so much fun taking it on the last on the last uh, podcast that it was we really wanted to share that with everybody. So it was really cool to see how many people really shared uh, you know what their scores were on that so we appreciate that and those of you that are listening to this and are saying what are you guys talking about maybe you're a new listener you didn't listen to our last show uh, or you're just discovering us now please go to our Facebook page it is on there it's a couple posts down um, you'll see it it's called how DVC are you it's a quiz we made just kind of to show kind of your experience level with DVC but we said on our last podcast that we were going to talk about, we were going to mention all of our listeners that commented on our page that were uh, master level, uh, you know, DVC members as far as our quiz goes, and that was forty points and above. So we have a couple here that we want to mention: uh, Tracy O, uh, Jennifer C, Barbara G, Carol S, Scott H, who says he's a secret, a double secret platinum member. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if that means he really is in the 40 to 50 range, but it was such a funny comment. I had to mention it. So. It, it, that's a that's a joke if you've been on some of the Facebook pages. Of course, of yeah. course. But I had to I had to mention that, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but Scott, if you really are a master level DVC member, congratulations on that. So, yeah. and then we had just one that uh, just came in recently too uh, from Linda K. So, thanks again, you guys, for for contributing to this. It was it was cool to see all the responses, and we hope to get more after we talk about it right now. Uh, that you know more people will chime in so yeah i like i said it's it's super fun i i I love seeing these kind of things where you know everybody's really um they're interested by it honestly uh i i think i didn't realize how big we were (laughs) at the like (laughs) or how how many listeners we have and and i I mean that's yeah that's just because you know we've been doing this for we're actually coming up on a year we are coming uh, doing up this year. which is which is kind of crazy and and uh, like i said it just blows me away that there's so many people out there that are are interested in listening to this because i i mean it, it's something that i really enjoy but i i just uh, i'm surprised at how well it seems to be resonating with people so yeah <laughs> For sure. I mean, we and like we, you guys, if you guys have listened to our show, if you're fans of our show and listen to our episodes, we cannot like thank you guys enough for listening to this. So we, we just, you know, Trevor, Damon and I and uh, unfortunately, you know, by the way, Damon couldn't be here tonight, but um, yep. Trevor and I are here to Disney nerd out because uh, that's what we do. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but um, so, but yeah, no, we just can't believe that people enjoy listening to this thing. So we appreciate you guys doing it because we have so much fun doing it, and the fact that other people enjoy listening to it is like 
is so cool. So, yeah. yeah what were so you going to say, Trevor? I'm sorry. I was going to say, do we want to get into some news? Because yeah, yeah. there, there's a lot of stuff that's uh, um, happened. Or, well, a lot of announcements, I guess. So, we, the, the I guess the first thing is, is that... Uh, um, there's some new purchase incentives for DVC as well as the uh, changes to the membership extras, which um, I, I guess it, they're they're not bad, but <laughs> <laughs> these aren't these aren't improvements either. <laughs> That's true. So let's yeah. well, we could talk about the incentives first, really quickly here, and and you know, as you guys know, those of you that are DVC members or have been following it the prices for direct purchases just went up, right? So, you know, making resale a little more attractive. So you kind of, you had to assume that Disney was probably going to throw some developer credits out there and some incentives and things like that. Um, but basically, you know, the you really need to think about how these credits, and, you know, maybe this is something to talk to Nick about at DVC Resale Market, whether these credits are something that's, you know, worth it to you or something that's uh, going to make you buy. And basically what these are, and, and Trevor, I don't know, did you I don't did you get a developer credit when you bought? No. That, um, no deal going on? Yeah, we only bought um, 100 points. And, yeah, back at that point, there wasn't any promos or anything like that. And so, yeah, we wouldn't have qualified for any of the incentives anyway. Yeah, and so the, the, the incentives for new members started at 150 points. And basically, so 150 points, you get $1,000 developer credit, $175, $2,500. Uh, 200 points, 3500 goes all the way up to 1000 I'm not going to read all of them because there's a lot of them. But if it goes all the way up to 1000 and you, you would get, uh, if you had bought 1000 points, you get a $26,000 developer, developer credit, which is uh, pretty hefty. <laughs> <laughs> then again, if you're buying 1000 points, that's a pretty hefty amount of money you're going to be spending. Yeah, anyway, so. exactly. Um, but, you know, basically, Basically, these are just kind of credits credits that, you know, kind of lower the price per point um, of these direct purchases that you'd make. So uh, basically at, a, at 150 points, you're you're going you're basically getting a credit of six point six seven uh, credits per point. So it's dollars per credit. I'm sorry. Dollars <laughs> per credit. My yeah. good. Or, what, what are we saying here? Dollars per point. Yeah. <laughs> dollars <laughs> per point. So, something for something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. So, yeah. so that's kind of how those work. There are also purchase incentives for existing members too, to add on direct points. Um, those are a little bit lower. So for example, 125 points, you would get $750 in development credits. Uh, developer credits and uh, you know up to a thousand, you'd still get twenty six thousand if you you know were a current member. So, um, yeah. but these offers are only being offered for the Polynesian villas and bungalows. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, sorry about that. My bad. They're no longer being offered there, and um, so it's it's really just for uh, Copper Creek, and I believe for Alani is still selling those as well. Yeah, so. I believe, or well, it's I guess Boulder Ridge isn't considered the new development. That's the no, old it's Copper Wilderness Creek Ridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I guess Copper Creek and. Copper Creek, Alani, and I would assume at some point Riviera will be in there too. That's an interesting point because I, I wonder if uh, I mean I'm it, assuming I don't know how early do they start uh, selling those or how long how soon are they going to start pushing those? I wonder. And yeah, that's actually a good point. I, I've never been around when a new resort has been built, so this will this will be interesting to see how or if they let these incentives run right until that comes up and then they stop offering them, or if they'll, you know, leave them out there as a reason for people that are buying in early to, uh, to get into the Riviera for a better price. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm almost wondering if they're even going to need the developer credits for Riviera. Cause I feel like there's a lot of interest in Riviera. I feel like people are really 
thinking that because it's in such a good location, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. I mean, yeah. you're like right by Hollywood Studios. You yeah, know? I mean, it's well, I, I was looking at because it, it's it's on the same uh, lake as Caribbean Beach. So mm-hmm. um, you can see both Epcot and Hollywood Studios from there, which is pretty it's a pretty prime location for those two parks. If you know, you're interested more in going to magic kingdom, obviously it's not the best place to be, but uh, yeah, it's uh, we'll have to see how things play out here, I guess in the next year or so with uh, DVC stuff. Yeah. And I also, you know, I think it's interesting too, to look at these developer credits and, you know, just from talking to Nick and from researching resale on my own, I don't know if a thousand dollars towards 150 points would really get me to buy direct instead of buying resale. That just seems to me like not enough, considering how much you can really save buying resale. And and yeah, and that's the thing too, right? Is you know, for for somebody that's buying in with more points, is you already have a direct contract, so you've got you've got all the perks of of being a, a direct member. And, and I guess maybe that this is the thing is that I, I guess this could also apply to people that have previously bought resale and they're looking to buy. Um, or actually, I guess buy direct. Buy yeah, direct I, points. yeah, yeah. I guess this would still apply if you if you had bought resale and you want to buy direct. So maybe that's kind of the the market that they're looking at is people that that yeah they've got resale. They they're now convinced that you know direct is maybe worthwhile and they want to buy in a bit more. But well, and I actually think that kind of leads into the changes to membership membership extras conversation, right? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about that a little? Uh, for sure. Uh, so what they did is uh, effective February 25th, 2018, which is uh, about a week from this podcast, um, to be eligible for membership extras, you have to own a minimum of 75 points purchased direct from Disney. So um, if you already have an existing contract that's less than 25 points, so if you got a 50-point contract, you can still you're still going to be grandfathered in. So anybody up to that point... Um, if they have their, if they bought uh, um, resale and then they bought, yeah. they added on like a fifty-point contract, that still applies. But anybody new coming into this, you have to buy at least seventy-five points. So yeah, they're they're obviously trying to deter people doing that. They don't they don't want people you know going out buying a large contract on resale at a better value and then just you know buying the token twenty-five fifty points direct. Well, and, and that's yeah, and that seems to be because that was the advice forever, right? Every yeah. you know, everybody would be like, "Oh, go buy fifty direct points and then buy the rest in resale." And Disney's kind of seeming to be tired of that. <laughs> and, and I mean, it, yes, it, absolutely, yeah. They they definitely want more people to buy direct, but I also see it too as you know, everyone treats these things as you know, it's some insidious plot by them to you know. <laughs> screw us all over but it's a, it's it's a slight directed directly at them right <laughs> yeah but but realistically too is you know they also want to control this right they, they this is their way of exacting control over over how much dvc they're selling how fast they're selling because i mean on the flip side they don't they don't necessarily want a bunch of people with you know small contracts using this either right they like they yeah they're trying to deter that, I think. I think they're trying to, you know, say, yeah, I know that there's a lot of people out there that are in this market for it, but maybe they're shifting the who their target audience is for DVC by adjusting the points, right? Exactly. And I, I think that's, 
You're exactly right. And I, you know, I don't, I don't blame Disney for this. I don't think that this is, um, like you said, kind of like not a slight at every, uh, you know, in anybody at any group in particular. Right. But this is, the whole thing's interesting to me because I think every time I always joke that it's the outrage of the week, right? There's, Mm -hmm. there's always this thing that comes out. And this one was weird to me because I feel like a lot of people didn't understand it. A lot of people thought, like, oh, I bought resale, so I'm losing everything. And it's like, no, if you are a current owner and you are already have you already had those benefits, you're not losing anything, right? So yeah. there was a lot of panic of people. It's like, ah, oh, I got to buy a 25-point contract. But I, I think we should make it clearer, basically. You're grandfathered into this if you bought resale before for, uh, April 4th, uh, 2016, or if you bought 25 or more points direct prior to, uh, you know, 225.18. So that's basically kind of the the setup of this you know if you bought any any sort of purchase prior to uh you know uh march 21st um 2011 you're eligible for all the benefits still um if you purchased um if you purchased um anything any resale direct purchases between march uh 21st uh 2011 and and uh 4 3 uh 16 you're still eligible for all these things with the exception of the the concierge collection it's really just if you are it's between the 4 4 uh 16 and and 2 24 18 and you're buying resales when you're not eligible for it right and so anybody that already had these benefits you already have them right but going forward if you don't have that 75 point spot direct you are not going to have those membership benefits so it it really kind of comes down to do you feel like these things are worth it right do you feel like because a lot of people buy resale and don't care that they don't get the membership extras yeah and and i mean the the membership extras are like like you still what what is it that i consider membership extras it's like the the discounts and stuff like that yeah discounts um you know like the lounges right so Uh, well anybody can use the lounge though so so this is where it it's kind of skewed right is that you can even if you bought resale you can still use the lounge which i think that that's That's kind of the uh, a bigger thing for a lot of people is that you know having access to the lounge but yeah you know not being able to use the discount and I'm sorry, I can't even remember what all the, the other extras are at this point. But but again, I, I think part of the message, too, that they reinforced as well is that, you know, your extras, um, if you're buying into this because you want the extras, you're buying in for the wrong reason. Yes. Yeah, that, <laughs> so. that, no, that's a totally great point. And I think that's get, something that get lost, gets lost in all this stuff is you should not be buying into DVC for the membership extras. Yeah, because they've even said it themselves, these things change all the time. The, the deals that they offer, like, you know, the deals that they've had on annual passes and even the DVC discounts, those can shift at any given time. And so it, you, you can't, you know, go into this going, oh, for the next five years, I've got a 20% discount on all of my dining because they could decide in six months that that you don't get that anymore. And, yeah, yeah. and really, I, I think the the larger message here is that, you know, with, with all this, these changes is, yeah, it's stopping people from, you know, kind of gaming the system, but also you need to look at it purely from the standpoint of DVC is for your accommodations. If you feel that there is enough value there to, you know, buy into it so that you can have those accommodations with the points every year then yes, you should go for it. Everything else that comes with it, that's a total bonus. If there's not enough value there for you, then obviously DVC is not the best choice for you and you should maybe be looking at, you know, package deals and stuff like that instead. So Yeah, and just to kind of list a couple of the membership extras, you know, we, we talked about the lounge and I, I just was looking at the lounge and it, it does say specifically on here that, uh, you know, anybody that buys after 
the 25th uh, will need the 75 points in order to get a membership card, and they won't let you up unless you have the membership card. So, uh, okay. Just making sure that, yeah, I clear that up. But things like, you know, Moonlight Magic, the discounts, the, the special member tours, that kind of stuff, you need the, the blue card for, right? So, right. That's basically what's what you're losing with that, and and you know personally, I find those those benefits to be pretty valuable for me. Um, but you know, I, I know that there's a lot of value with resale too, and it's you know like we were talking about, it's it really just kind of depends on what's more valuable to you, right? Is do you, do you want those extra benefits for uh, you know as long as they're going to be? But you, you shouldn't buy in uh, based on that anyway, because as we said, they they change all the time, and you know that that member lounge was supposed to be for a year. <laughs> and, and they, they keep, keep extending it, <laughs> yep. right? So who knows when that's going to end? I mean, after 2018, that might just be gone. I mean, who knows, right? And I mean, the thing people have been asking for too is more member lounges. But what I could see happening is that they say, yeah, we're going to give you a new member lounge and then they'll shut down the Epcot one. Because um, the other thing with all these membership extras that people get hung up on is that they all do come with a cost. And um, so... Uh, this may be boring for a lot of people. You can skip over this part of the podcast if you don't like <laughs> it. Fast forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did read through all this when I when I bought my DVC is that um, DVC makes it very clear that they are not um, they're not part of Walt Disney World as in like they're not just a division. They are a separate company. So anything that they do with, you know, getting you a lounge on property or Moonlight Magic, they, there actually is some negotiation between DVC and Disney or Disney World itself. So they have to negotiate and they, and they have to, you know, pay for, like they have a budget and they have to pay for, you know, these things to happen. So, you know, where people complain about, you know, what are my dues going towards? Well, Membership extras are part of what your dues go towards. There is Absolutely. maintenance, there is all that stuff, but you know you want you want more stuff. But uh, if or you know all these all these extra benefits, but you having these extra benefits means either you're paying more dues or something has to be sacrificed somewhere else. Yeah, or so, you're paying more up front, or you know whatever whatever yeah. you're going to pay, you're end, you're going to end up paying for it no matter what, right? So yeah, that's exactly. what it comes down to. It's it, no matter what you're going to end up paying for it. There's, you know, DVC and Disney is not here to give us free things. I know, like that's kind of how people feel. It's like, oh well, I own DVC, so I'm entitled to all this, right? Well, it's you know, it it all costs money. It all costs, you know. There are people that man those DVC lounges. You know, it's the the, the things that are up there are not free. There's, I mean, there's drinks that cost money for them to provide. Now, given is it not a lot of money, and do they get a lot of impact for it? Absolutely, right. But yeah. and, and that's why they do those things, right? It, it, and it's not like it's something that's making them money having that. I don't think anybody buys DVC going, "Ooh, I get access to the Epcot lounge." Like, I don't think anybody does that. But you know, at the same time, they are attractive and they are nice things to have as, as part of this. So I do think it's interesting they're making this change. I don't know what kind of impact it ha- it's going to have. Um, I definitely want to reach out to, to Nick at uh, DVC Resale Market because I saw a couple people, you know, predicting the end of the world, saying it was going to, uh, you know, <laughs> destroy uh, resale prices and, uh, I mean, and, you know, destroy their investment. And now, they're, now their timeshare is not worth anything anymore. And, uh, you know, but I would love to see kind of how this does affect the resale market. And see if I mean I don't I kind of don't know if it would drive prices up or down in the resale market. I I, I feel like people that have decided that the benefits are not important to them uh, have already decided that, and this is not going to change that for them, right? Yeah, I I, I don't know. So I, I'm I'm interested to see what happens with this. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, well, I guess really, yeah, we we've got a week before this comes into play. We'll see how things change after that, right? Is you know, 
uh, and yeah, you're right. This is a good time to to talk to to Nick and to people who are in the the resale market and kind of see how how the feeling is uh, after this change comes into effect. Of course. And I do have to say, so um, Nick did write a uh, article on his website that I actually did share uh, yes, on our page <laughs> about this. So, and I, I forgot that I put that on the page. So, <laughs> let me let me bring that up really quickly here because I, I think he put some really interesting things in here. Um, you know that about just kind of how this is going to affect things, and it, it really kind of it seems like he has a, a section on here that says, should I purchase Disney vacation club with re- reliance upon membership extras? The answer is no. <laughs> you know, that's basically how he starts it out. I mean, there's a lot more to it, but you, it's really important. Uh, you know, he also puts in here, the incidental benefits described in the statement are offered to uh, prospective purchasers of the vacation ownership plan. These benefits are available for your use of a period of three years or less after the first date that the vacation ownership plan is available for use. So you, you don't know when these things are going to still be available to you. Um, you know, if you were if you were looking to add add on direct to get the benefits, then sure, you know, maybe you would be a little bit concerned about that. Um, but, you know, really, it's 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 not as big of a thing as, as we feel like it was online. I feel like so. And, I don't know. yeah, I mean, really, if you're, if you're that hung up between, you know, purchasing, uh, 50 points versus 75 points, I mean, it's, it's a 25 point difference. And if that amount of money is a deal breaker for you, then I, I mean, at that point you're already putting in a fairly sizable amount of money for DVC, or I, w- I would assume you are, I guess. I, I can't speak for everybody. Um, but I-, I would think at that point, I mean, again, yeah, you have to evaluate, is, is that extra money worth the benefits? And if it's not, then, you know, you just go without. And yeah, you, you and- still have a, you still have a place to stay. You still have points and... Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, I would encourage all of you, if you're concerned about this, to go on to our, go on to our Facebook page. I, I link this to, to there. Uh, but Nick even has a chart on here that kind of shows you an example of what uh, joining with 200 points at Animal Kingdom with receiving membership extras and kind of the difference between, uh, you know, joining without the extras, joining prior to 225 with the extras and joining after 225 uh, with with extras and kind of the different savings amount and it it still comes out that that you know of course that resales is, is a better value than all of those things so uh you know so t- look into it more it, it really this is one of those things where it's it's this is the eternal question right do you buy resale or do you buy direct and and there's no one good answer to it but yep. um you know that's the, it really just kind of depends on your your individual, uh, you know, situation and kind of some of the things that you are looking for. So I think we've talked about that probably enough, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I think I think that's pretty yeah. pretty extensive. And yeah, I mean, let, let's let's move on. Of course, yeah, we we always love hearing feedback on this from our listeners. So if anybody yeah. has any thoughts on this, uh, feel free to to email us or whatever. And and uh, um, we'll we'll of course you know bring these things up if. Uh, um, or whatever we hear that uh, sounds like good information. Yeah, I mean, we we get told all the time that we're wrong, so we mm-hmm. and we're happy to to talk about that because you know, listen, we're not that we even though we do a DVC podcast, we are not you know saying that we're DVC experts and we know, you know know the best way to do everything here, but we do try to give our opinions on these things and give you our best kind of feelings on how things go. So, but and you know, it, yep. it's an interesting topic, and truthfully, I don't know if we're really going to know the impacts of it until this change actually takes place and we actually know how it's going to look. So, um, exactly. 
Exactly. This next like, one, though. <laughs> this uh, next one does affect a lot of us, right? Yeah, so. I, I do actually care about this one because I do have an annual pass. <laughs> okay, well, do you want do you want to start off talking about it then? Because well, I, I don't have an annual pass anymore. So right. So so um, the the annual pass price has gone up for Disneyland and Disney World. The thing people need to keep in mind with this is that this happens every single year. Every year about this time, they raise uh, ticket prices and annual pass prices and all that stuff. So pretty much. Um, I'm not too shocked by this. And the reason that I know this is that, yes, I uh, it's been a lifelong dream to have an annual pass to Disney. And when I had the opportunity to buy one last year, I was over the moon about it. Um, and I've been looking into it for years. Like, it, there's always that, you know, um, th- there's that comparison of, you know, for the amount of time that you're staying there versus, you know, the cost of an annual pass. Is it is it worth it? And the thing is, is that when the annual passes go up, like I said, the the... Although the uh, the they, they don't always go up the exact same amount, it, the annual passes and the uh, the tickets do tend to kind of climb up at the same time. So you can always um, make that that uh, comparison, I guess, between them. Yeah, now, yeah. now to give a bit of detail on on what we actually saw for this, so the the average price increase was about nine percent across the board for the uh, annual passes so the platinum pass and the platinum pass plus which are the only ones that are offered to um to the general public outside of that there is also the gold pass which the gold pass is specific to dbc and florida residents so if you are a dbc member you do have the option for the gold pass and that one only went up by five percent which is um uh, obviously a better better deal so you know if you have a gold pass maybe maybe you might want to keep that at this point um single day tickets uh went up or actually i guess yeah single days most people wouldn't care about it's only about uh uh two to three percent yeah yeah two to three percent increase multi-day tickets um went up um interesting that the four-day ticket went up uh the same amount as the annual pass so about a nine percent but then past that the uh, ticket prices dropped back down again. And then so like for a, a five, six, seven day ticket, it actually goes, uh, it goes from 9% and comes back down to 1% increase. So um, I guess if you're, if you're planning to, you know, stay there for a week and you're, you've only got one trip throughout the year, the seven day tickets or six, six day plus tickets are your best bet at this point because they've seen the least amount of, of increase, but um, annual pass and, and the shorter state tickets all saw that larger increase. So I don't, I don't know what that actually says is that, you know, maybe Disney's saying, you know, we want you here for a week and that's it. Or I mean, a week or longer, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. But, but not multiple times a year either. Right. Like that's, that's true. I did. I did want to note too that Park Hopper, uh, the price did not change for Park Hopper tickets for four to ten day tickets, and increase, but did increase for two to three day tickets for Park Hoppers, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah, and and like I said, I I, I think again that this goes back to my point earlier about you know Disney does things sometimes with the intent of shaping people's behaviors, I guess. So oh totally um, yeah look, and and that's why like when you look at these these price increases is that you know it's very clear that you know when you're looking at the multi day tickets they don't want you here for you know three or four days four days seems to be the one that they're trying to deter the most because it's had the biggest jump but everything past that is you know yeah you can stay here for up to ten days and and the value is still just about the same 
but um, yeah, it and they incentivize you for staying longer. Yeah, but not too long because yeah. they don't. <laughs> well, and, and I guess the good news here, the headline for for DVC members is that the annual passes for DVC members went up the least amount percentage wise of yes. the annual passes, right? So. While the regular ones all went up 9% for the most part, the DVC ones were 5% for, for gold and for gold renewal, 7% for platinum new and platinum renewal, and 8% for platinum new, uh, platinum plus new and platinum plus renewal. So it still went down low. I mean, it still went up, you know, less than just the regular uh, annual passes did. And so, and, you know, they had that really great, DVC had that really fantastic uh, offer too last year to, for, for annual passes. So, you know, it's totally possible they could have that again. Um, well, and, and this is the thing is that um, for anyone that's wondering, like even um, when I joined DVC, um, the guy that I talked to, um, he was telling me at the time that they had, they had a promo on where it was like, you could buy a single day ticket and it was like, crazy discounted and so people bought up like like you know five or six days worth of single day tickets and did that and that was the previous year um, before i joined and he was saying oh yeah you know they had the they had this deal but you have to kind of keep an eye out for these deals the the same thing happened with the uh the platinum pass deal going from the gold pass to the platinum pass for free was it seems like you know they put these deals out and they'll it'll be a limited window and i honestly this year i'm not banking on there being another deal like what I saw last year. Like I'm expecting it to be something totally different and it may or may not be something that's worthwhile to me, but yeah, it seems that they, they're, they're deliberately not, um, they're deliberately not putting these deals out so that there's a pattern or, the, or so that there's a way that people can, you know, figure out how to, to capitalize on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, still though, like I said, yeah, if, if you go enough that, uh, uh, an annual pass is warranted, definitely being a DVC or Florida resident will get you more bang for your buck this year. For sure. And I, I, you know, like you said, these things happen every single year. This is not anything that anybody should have been surprised about. Right. And, and part of me thinks that this is probably, I would assume that this is in preparation for, uh, you know, Star Wars land slash Toy Story land. I don't know if they're going to make like a... I'm wondering if they... Do you think the tickets go up big next year when they do it? I mean, because this is not... Not that it's small, but it's not... It could be worse, right? Yeah. And honestly, I don't... It's hard to say. You know, I mean, part of it is, yeah, they may they may put the ticket prices up because they know that, you know, there will be that huge rush of people and the people that really want to see it will pay the extra so of course yeah so yeah i mean that i think they may do that and, and it also you know kind of deters people even for myself is you know next year i'm planning my trip in a way that i will be there early in the year and so we'll get to you know see toy story land but um star wars land i'm not going to go until well into 2020 because yeah i just want to avoid all the the craziness around launch and, and i know i know damon is probably listening to this and upset that uh <laughs> that i said that but yeah i just yeah i can't deal with you know the crazy crowds when when stuff like that launches <laughs> so. i will and it's funny so like in 2019 that's the time to go see toy story land because everybody will be at star wars land right? yeah so, um but you know i i do think i would I would, if I were a betting man, I would say that the single day price for Hollywood Studios goes through the roof next year. That would be my guess um, to deter some of those single uh, day tickets. They would much rather have those longer stays. I would bet that that goes much higher towards like a Magic Kingdom level 
um, yeah. to accommodate that. Well, and I think too, it, yeah, it, it kind of depends on what state Hollywood studios is in at the time, because yeah, right now it's, you know, that I think they're trying to just get people in there because it's a really a half day park right now. Right. There's like, there's, there's like just five so rides much available. Yeah. There's yeah, like there, five rides open. <laughs> yeah. There's so much construction. So they, they, they want to try and attract people there, but it's going to be different. Yeah. As you know, they're going to Hollywood studios is going to have the same problem that animal kingdom had when Pandora opened is that oh, yeah. you're, you're literally going to have a lineup of people waiting to get into the new land and the whole place is just going to be bonkers because of it. So <laughs> that's, I mean, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be crazy. And, and, you know, I, I always, I think I've said this before on this show that, you know, if you take economy, economics 101, like, you know, what Disney's doing here is, is pretty much basic supply and demand. Um, you know, the parks are still extremely popular. Uh, they can pretty much charge what they want for them without really hurting their demand all that much. Uh, and, and so this is kind of, you know, this is what they're doing. It, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me in the least. I, and, and, you know, sure. Is it more expensive to go to the parks now? Yes. But, uh, you know, it's, it's how it's going to keep going. And, and it's not like Disney's alone in this universal keeps upping their prices every year too. It's, you know, it's, it, it's pretty similar there too. So, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, uh, like I honestly, yeah, look, if you look at the amount of money that they put into star Wars land, I'm sure they want to get their money back on that. And then, and then some, of course, and, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it, it is very basic economics at this point. And I mean, if I don't know about you, but you know, if I had you know the golden ticket to Star Wars, at like <laughs> you're basically selling Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I, I would be pretty confident about saying, you know, I can tell you how much you're going to pay for this because, I mean, that I, I think Disney knows at this point that it it's it, it's a very <laughs> yeah. It's a unique anomaly in terms of, you know, media and entertainment and all that, that that you're never going to see anything else like it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Right. It's it's you're totally right about that. So and uh, basically they can like you said, they can tell you exactly what you know, you're going to pay this much because you love Star Wars. And so there's no way you're not going to go to Star Wars. Right. So. Yeah, and, and for the rest of us, I mean, so I should say this, you know, I do love Star Wars. I absolutely love Star Wars, but I hate crowds. So. I mean, for, for those of you that absolutely love Star Wars and all have to be there in the same spot, props to you. You know, fill your boots. Um, <laughs> I will you. be somewhere I, else. <laughs> I can't do I can't do the crowds either, but yep. I had to do Pandora when I was there. And, uh, you know, but yeah, we, we did it, too. And honestly, I didn't even spend a lot of time in there. We, we went and we did our fast pass and um, we looked around like I, I did walk around there. And it, it's it's beautiful. It's an amazing area that they created. But um, I, I kind of hit a point too, where it was like, the, there's just too many people around and I left and I didn't come back there. <laughs> I get it. I totally yeah. get that. So, uh, so, uh, just to move on to some more park stuff, mm-hmm. uh, there was a D 23 in Japan actually. Yes. And D 23 in Japan, Disney decided they were going to talk about a lot of Disney world stuff <laughs> in addition to a lot of stuff going on at the rest of the parks around the world. But one of the things that they confirmed, and you know, we've been talking about this for I don't know as long as this podcast has been around, we've been talking about this for the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, right? That's yeah. I mean that that's been on the on the books for a while. Like yeah, all and over so here. Dis- Disney finally confirmed that this is going to be a roller coaster. They they're saying it will use an innovative ride system and that it's going to be one of the longest indoor roller coasters in the entire world. That's pretty amazing. Um, that that makes me a little more excited for it. Um, but it's mm-hmm. also being described described as a family ride. I noticed. 
Um, so I don't know if that means lower speeds. We've talked about this before about how there's not going to be necessarily inversions. Um, rumored, that's not confirmed yet either, of course. But they did say it was scheduled to be open in time for the 2021 anniversary. So I just thought that was interesting that they finally confirmed that it's a roller coaster. Yeah, and, and I think, again, this is just their planning, right? Is their... Uh, they don't want to tell you everything up front because they want us to talk about it and they want us to, you know, speculate. Um, but <laughs> also theories and rumors. Yeah. And <laughs> but also too, I, I honestly don't think, uh, I, I think part of it is, you know, with some of these things is that I, I like to believe that, you know, Disney has a roadmap like 10 years out, but um, I, I think sometimes they, they start these things and then they're forced to change them or something happens that they go, this actually isn't going to be feasible. And then they have to shift the entire um, direction that the, the ride or the attraction is going to go. And, and we've seen that. Um, um, actually, I saw that a lot with uh, California Adventure in Disneyland that uh, there, I mean, budget kind of killed that park yep. when it first came, <laughs> came around. So I, yeah, I, I think yeah. they definitely don't want to, you know, they don't want to sell you on, oh yeah, this is going to be a roller coaster. And then you get there and it's just like a, a dark ride. And <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and to your point, you know, I, I, a lot of the blogs out there were saying that a, uh, a new Epcot pavilion was a done deal. It was going to be Brazil. I believe it was Brazil because it was going to be based around that, that movie that they were working on called gigantic. Mm-hmm. And, and that fell through. <laughs> and exactly. That fell through because Disney actually canceled the production of that movie. They, they said they couldn't make it work. It wasn't going where they wanted to go. So they canceled it. And supposedly because they canceled it, that kind of threw a wrench in everything else at Epcot. So um, that's really uh, not everything else, but just that pavil- pavilion they were going to add at Epcot that kind of really messed that up those plans. So yeah, it's your point. And I think that stuff does happen too. I mean, who knows? Maybe they were designing this roller coaster for a different intellectual property or maybe they were designing it just as an original uh attraction and then you know guardians of the galaxy became something that they weren't expecting and then they're like okay well we can make this also guardians of the galaxy right so i don't know maybe that's how it is i I, who knows but it it does seem interesting and they it does seem like it's going to be really cool yeah and and yeah the the fact that they say it's going to be a family ride all that says to me is like so um I, i guess from my point of view and and i know I, again, this is not how everybody sees it, but when I look at Disney roller coasters, like, you know, Big Thunder, Space Mountain, those are family rides to me. Um, but then if you go over to Universal, they've got rides like uh, like Hulk and, um, shoot, what is the other one? Dueling uh, Dragons, I think. Something yeah, like that. I think I that remember. one's closed now, though. Yeah, I think that yeah, just closed. But, but, yeah. but before, but yeah, yeah I, you're, to your point, yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> they've, they've got these larger, like, like, like the really ridiculous roller coasters that you know have got like like 100 foot drops and like multiple inversions which that's not to say that you know you can't have a family coaster that has multiple inversions but um some of these yeah some of these roller coasters are just way too extreme and and they really um eliminate a lot of of the younger demographic because of it like i know my son um, he was, he was, uh, when, the first time we went on California screaming in, in Disneyland, he was, he looked at it and he was all on board for it. And then when we actually did it, he realized that it was a lot bigger than, than what he thought it was. <laughs> and it kind of, it, it turned him off a little bit. He was a little more, um, cautious because everything up to that point had been, you know, like big thunder space mountain. Um, but I feel what? like even big thunder tricks you because, 
that like two of the drops, two of the lift hills in that ride are hidden, pretty much. Like two of the, like right when you go out of the station, you go right down into the dark, basically, and you had no idea that that was there. And the first lift hill, you can't see really see from the outside. So they, I feel like they do that kind of stuff all the time, where they well, like to hide it, you know. Well, yeah, but but the thing is though is that when you come out of that, like the the first lift hill is not it's not a straight down drop or anything. Oh it's, no, you know, no, lots yeah. of turns and and it, it's a lot more. It, it's gentle in that you know you can get you can get the whole family on it and everybody's going to be cool with it because you know it's still fun, it's still exciting, but it's not that over the top that you get at Absolutely. Universal, right? So it's I something think maybe I would the, go on. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I. You know, maybe you'll end up on this before Space Mountain. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, they're I'll both in the go, dark. So. <laughs> I'll, I'm definitely going to go on Space Mountain. I, I have to see what this thing is going to be before I, I can really make that determination. So. And, and honestly, I mean, for me, it's it, the fact that it's a long roller coaster is it's interesting. I wonder how they're going to manage this without this thing being like. I mean, when I look at, at Space Mountain, like Space Mountain is a pretty big roller coaster and it's all enclosed inside of this building, but it's a lot of really like windy, like twists and turns and quick drops and all that kind of stuff. I'm wondering if they're going to do that or if they're going to figure out a way to actually stretch it out so that this thing, you know, gets some room to do some longer runs and stuff like that. But I, I, I tend to think just based on what we've seen where it's going to be a lot of kind of like space mountain in the way where there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of the projections that are making you know sh- like show scenes basically that are making yeah. you think you're going faster or maybe parts where parts where you even stop for a second and you know something happens and, but i mean they are building a massive show building for this thing so um it makes sense to me that it's one of the longest because they're i mean it's going to be a, a an absolutely huge roller coaster when they do build this it's just i i don't really know i'm I'm interested that they're only leaking. I mean, not leaking, but putting out little small things about this here and there. You know, it, it is interesting to me. Yeah, like I said, I, I think this comes back to is you know they they know for sure it's going to be a roller coaster, but yeah, they're they're also not going to tell you everything up front so that you know people go, oh, we know everything about it, and now we just wait two years until it happens. I mean, they're yeah. going to trickle stuff out, but also, like I said, I think part of it too is you know they don't want to sell you on something that they sounded good on paper, but when they actually started doing it, they realized that they had to shift gears and, you know, redesign the whole thing because it didn't make sense the way that they were doing it. Also, you know, the the fact that they're saying it's one of the longest indoor roller coasters, if they had said that up front and then it turned out that, oh, actually we had to cut out a third of the ride because yeah. of this reason that, yeah, people would have gone, eh, really? So, so maybe, maybe it's a matter of, you know, this, this is kind of Disney's way of, uh, under promising and over delivering that's what they do all the time they do <laughs> yeah. that with wait times if, if you uh, those of you that don't know i think i've talked about this on before i uh, on the show before i i've i caught a glimpse one time at one of the fast pass screens and i and then i asked the cast, cast member about it um they have an actual wait time and a displayed wait time and the actual wait time is almost always lower than the displayed wait time because the whole idea of that is if you see a half hour, but it only takes 15 minutes, you're like, oh, this is great. It only took yep. 15 minutes. Oh, bonus. Ha ha. Yeah, I exactly. The system. <laughs> exactly. You, yeah. you feel like you've gotten something, even though, you know, really, in reality, the wait was only 15 minutes anyway. But, you know, it's it's the whole under-promising and over-delivering thing. So, anyway, that's an aside. But, um, but so, let's go on to this next thing, though, too. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when this got first got talked about... Uh, there was a lot of skepticism. We we had somebody on our show right after D23 when this was announced, 
And a lot of us thought that, oh, how are they going to do this? Like, how is this going to work? Like, and, you know, this was originally a survey. And so what I'm talking about is the Star Wars Hotel. It is definitely happening. They have said this again. They have put it out there again. They've said that it's going to be, you know, connected directly to Star Wars Galaxy Edge or Star Wars Land, as everyone's going to call it. Um, (laughs) Basically, I mean, who's going to call it Galaxy's Edge, right? (laughs) I, I can't even remember that. It's Star Wars Land. I, yeah, it's going to be Star Wars Land always. It's, I mean, you know, that's what it is. But what they said is, at the resort, guests immediately become active citizens of the galaxy, can dress up in the proper attire. Every resort window will have a view into space. The opportunity for immersion at this resort uh, will also stand out among all Disney resorts around the globe, as it will be seamless, seamlessly connected to Star Wars Galaxy Edge at Hollywood Studios, allowing guests a total Star Wars experience. So it seems like they're committed to doing this. The question is, when would this open and how is this going to work? How are they going to connect it? Because we have pictures of the construction site. I don't see a hotel being built anywhere. Well, I, <laughs> I, I don't think like you're going to see Star Wars land open. And I think then you will very shortly after that see construction happening for the hotel. I think you're right. Because I, I think they want to get everything situated for for this, and then um, what'll be really interesting is that like I know a lot of uh, a lot of people who have vlogs and stuff. They go and they look at uh, like the construction around these areas and whatever. And so far, all we can see is like on uh, on Grand Avenue at uh, Hollywood Studios. You know, they're they're looking at oh, there's this entrance to Galaxy's Edge, and I can bet you once Galaxy's Edge opens up, everyone's going to tour around it, and then all of a sudden it's going to be oh well, there's this other gate over here that's just you know it's a gate and it obviously goes somewhere but it doesn't connect back to hollywood studios and then i bet that's where you're going to see all of this construction like it's i i feel like you know they 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 have a plan for this and it's going to be you know it's going to be a uh it's a it's a tiered thing right you know that like it's gonna you're gonna have a couple more years before this hotel is built and so that's going to give them a lot of time for people to, you know, sink in, first of all, that Star Wars Land is there. And then once people get over the initial hype of Star Wars Land and, you know, it starts to die down, then here's this experience on top of it, which is just going to drag everybody back into it and, you know, bring us to new levels of Star Wars hype that I don't think we could have ever imagined. <laughs> I do. I have to say, I think this might be the boldest thing that Disney's ever attempted. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, who else has ever... I, th- this is like a completely new concept. I, they're, they're inventing something that doesn't exist. I mean, that's... I, uh, right? the, well, a themed hotel... Well, I guess it's not even just a themed hotel. It's it, complete it's, immersion. Complete yeah. immersion, right? Yeah, I mean, I it, 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 well, it's it's a combination of things, right? Because, you know, I, I think this kind of goes in line with, um, in the last couple of years, um, or at, at least what... Or, what I've seen is, you know, escape rooms have been a thing that have, have popped up a lot. And the interesting thing about those is that, you know, or anybody that hasn't done an escape room is, you know, you go to a place, they literally lock you in a room and you have an hour to escape from the room and you solve a bunch of puzzles to do so. But the the rooms are always themed that, you know, there's a story behind it and you're kind of like involved in the story. And I've actually been to a couple where they they've done um, not just escape rooms, but they've actually had actors in there as well that are engaging you. Mm, So while you're, you know, figuring stuff out, they're giving you information or that you have to, you know, talk to them. And that's where I can see this going is that, yeah, it's that it's almost like a live action video game, I guess. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's interesting. And, and, and I'm glad that Disney is doing it. I'm glad that they're taking initiative on this because yeah, this may, you know, set the bar for 
just entertainment in general, right? Is, you know, it's not going to be a, a passive thing where, you know, you're just standing there watching a show. You're actually going to be doing this stuff. What's really interesting about this too is they've talked a lot about the system that they're going to set up where you can build your reputation. I want, you know, and, 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 and that your interactions with the land are going to be different based on what your reputation is. I want, I'm wondering if there are things you're going to be able to do in the hotel that'll also affect that, right? Like activities that'll happen or, you know, tax tasks that you have to do on the, on the ship slash hotel that, you know, contribute to kind of what your reputation is in the park, like shapes your experience differently. I don't know. I, I, there's, there's so many possibilities with this and it just, the whole thing's kind of mind blowing, but it is kind of cool to see that they're talking more about it because there's been pretty little news about this since D23. And, and so I I think some people were getting a little worried that it was going to get canceled because they really haven't talked about it at all. Um, but I think it's one of those things, like you said, they're so focused on all the other projects they have going on right now. This one is still feels like it's very much in development, but it yeah. does seem like it's going to happen. So, and, and like I said, that to me, for them, to, they want to make sure people have this in the back of their head. But you know, the, just the fact that Toy Story Land is opening up, and then Galaxy's Edge is going to open up right after that there's going to be so many people in the parks just experiencing those as they are. If they threw up this hotel at the same time, you would have people, you know, I, I mean, it would like star Wars land is already going to be bonkers as it is for the first year or so. Having a hotel full of people that are specifically there for that would just be, it, it would be way too much, right? <laughs> be way too much. Yeah, yeah. And they probably also want to wait. I mean, it's going to take time even for the, the actors that are working in star Wars land to get acclimated to everything. And they're probably going to need to get into mm-hmm. a groove. There's going to be a testing period just for the land in general, like you're talking about. And so, uh, they probably don't want to put their, you know, very high paying guests that are going to do this experience, uh, through kind of some of that, that, you know, that, that awkward growing phase pains. of a park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pandora is still going through growing pains, you know, is, is still, there's they still have issues with breakdowns not as much as they used to and they if they've gotten into a better flow but i mean it takes a while for that stuff to get together no matter how prepared you are it it, you know once you you can't really figure these things out until you have guests until you have the the rides running there's no way to know how things are going to go right so i and and i think that's part of it too is is they want to make sure that everything is where it needs to be for that so yeah and and like when you just uh, when you were talking about you know how they're they're gonna have your uh your reputation affected is you know my first thought is you know how quickly can i get the first order mad at me and (laughs) and like uh, like i I think there's gonna like they, they have to really make sure that they think their way through this because you know i'm sure there's people out there like me that are going to go, well, how bad can you make this go? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's exactly what I would want to do. I would want to like, I'd want to pretend that I was a rebel for a while and then like turn on them, you know, like yeah. be like, Oh, I, I, you know, snitched on you guys. And now here are some stormtroopers, And you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, they, they, they would have to really account for all those things. Like, or like how controlled would it be? I guess, would you actually have the choice to do that? Or once you get far enough into it, they just kind of have, you know, textbooks responses to things but yeah it would be funny as you know you you kind of you do a whole bunch of stuff and then you go oops sorry i meant i wanted to hang out with the first order and then (laughs) that's pretty funny (laughs) i feel like there's a lot of fun things that can be done with this oh yeah yeah like i said i i I think these uh i i think it has a ton of potential and i can't i I, i'm glad that yeah they're definitely continuing to let us know about it but uh I'll, i'll wait and see 
how it all pans out after we get past this for, or these next couple of crazy years of of new development that they already have going on. <laughs> exactly. And uh, you know, and another thing talked about at D23 uh, a ride that I am personally very excited about, and I think you are too, Trevor. Oh, yes. Being that, yeah, I'm very excited about this. Is uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and they confirmed. Uh, you know, the, the only new information we heard at D23 was confirming that this ride was going to be open in 2019, which is is great uh, for that park. Um, but I'm just excited about this. They show. They also shared some more concept art that actually uh, appears to show the ride vehicles as well. Uh, you know, which look like train cars. I. I do it. This, the, the concept art does make me hopeful. There's going to be some sort of animatronic uh, goofy driving the train, but I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So it's going to be opening in 2019. So I think that's uh, that's really exciting. Well, and and like I said, this goes back to what I was just saying. Is so like let's let's look at what you've got coming up just for Hollywood Studios. Is you've got Toy Story Land opening this year in in June. You've got. Mickey and Minnie's opening in 2019, which is not a whole land, but it's a new ride and it's the first actual Mickey Mouse ride. Like that's yep. that's yep. huge. Absolutely. And then after that you have Star Wars Land, like that whole park. That and that's just all in Hollywood Studios. So that whole park is basically going to be revitalized over the next 2 years and is going to go from being, you know, that half-day park that people kind of tack on with Epcot or Animal Kingdom to this is where you want to be for your trip right oh yeah <laughs> so. exactly that's i mean i i 100 percent believe that hollywood studios will become the second highest attended park uh you know next year i mean that's oh yeah it's it's go- totally gonna go uh, above uh you know um uh, epcot and animal kingdom it's just gonna fly right past that i don't know if it's gonna be magic kingdom i mean i guess it could uh, but that would be crazy if it I, did. <laughs> I think for a little bit, because here's the thing: is like kind of like even when Pandora opened, is that you're going to see crowd volumes that are going to be absolutely crazy. It's not going to be the entire park, but yeah, they're going to see way more attention than than uh, than Magic Kingdom, which I don't think is a bad thing. I, I think honestly, you know, Magic Kingdom is Magic Kingdom and will always be Magic Kingdom. But yep. I think I think letting some of the other parks have this level of attention is definitely a great thing and the selfish side of me also says great you all can go hang out at at uh, hollywood studios and i'll be at magic kingdom <laughs> <laughs> well and i also have to say too if the rumors are to be believed uh for disney technology nerds like you and i this will be one of the first applications of the disney trackless technology at at disney world yes this is which you know it is is an amazing amazing thing although this is going to be beat by the alien swirling saucers uh that that's going to be the it's the same technology is going to be used there um but it seems like it's going to, I mean, this is, that technology is really going to kind of take over Disney World over the next couple of years, it seems like. But, um, yeah. you know, and, and I'm yeah, excited this, to see that. This is on the same level as like Ratatouille, right? Which we also exactly. are getting Ratatouille, but yeah, this is going to be the first. Um, so yeah, the, the the trackless cars, I've, I've already seen those at... Uh, in Disneyland at uh, California Adventure, and they're cool. But again, they're just in a little arena where they're just kind of driving around each other. It's fun, and it's like it's like teacups, right? You know, you get in them, they they spin, and all that. But yep. when you actually have them as part of a larger experience, they can really help with you know uh, allowing them to do things that that would seem crazy on a traditional trackless ride, I guess, well, or like a normal exactly. dark ride. 
Yeah. And that's, you know, what's been reported for this mini, mini, uh, mini, uh, Mickey and mini. I can't speak, apparently. <laughs> uh, this Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is, you know, it's been talked about that this is going to start off as a train, you know, where the cars are all in line. And then at different points, the cars are all going to switch around and, and, you know, move around and do all sorts of crazy things that you could not do with a traditional ride system. So mm-hmm. uh, that's what's exciting about these kinds of applications. And if, if you really want to see what it can really do and what it's going to really look like, I would go on YouTube and look at Mystic Manor. Um, that's one yep. of the coolest rides I've ever seen, let alone Disney rides. And I feel like not a lot of Disney fans know about Mystic Manor. And that thing is incredible to watch what it can do. And so it just makes me think the possibilities are en- endless for this ride. So, And Mystic Manor is at Disney Tokyo, correct? I believe yes. it's Tokyo. Yes. Yes. yes it's yep. their version of the Haunted Mansion. Yes. Uh, they did it that way because there's some cultural things with ghosts. Um so they they decided not to kind of do it's it's got spirits kind of but it's it's a little bit different. It, so they're not ghosts in the same way that the ghosts are in Haunted Mansion. Exactly. And yes, you're you're right. It is, it is absolutely a cultural thing with uh, Japan. So, but yeah, it's it's a very cool ride, and I'm I'm super excited to see that make its way over here. <laughs> yeah, and and another thing that they announced too uh, that's actually not coming to America that made me really jealous. Uh, and I don't know if you looked at this concept art, but I was like, ah, oh, man, that just looks cool. Um, is and, and this is something they can't do at Disney World as of this moment, but maybe someday. And that's they are building uh, at Hong Kong Disneyland. They're going to um, be building um, a, a uh, Ant-Man and Wasp ride. So you don't you don't love Ant-Man as like a as a property. But as far as the ride goes, you you're the ride looks cool. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't even see this as, you know, uh, a trackless ride. I feel like it's just, you know, an updated version of Buzz Lightyear. This, this is what it really looks like to me. And also, um, I will point out that the guns look, um, they remind me of the difference between the Buzz Lightyear guns in California versus uh, Orlando. Because in Orlando, the Buzz Lightyear guns are bolted onto the chair and you can't really move them around. Whereas in California, you can actually pick the guns up and move them around as you see fit. Like they're, they're attached by a, a cable. So um, it, it looks to me like it's going to be like that. Well, and actually, I just, it looks like I just, uh, I found a previous article about this, and we actually probably talked about this on a previous podcast and totally forgot about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this actually got announced last year that it is replacing Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster. So uh, I'm thinking it's maybe just an overlay. It kind of looks like it's an overlay type of situation. Um, So yeah, it is just like Buzz Lightyear pretty much. And so, and I guess that also plays into the next uh, um one that or the next uh, thing that they were talking about as well is that rock and roller coaster is going to get uh an iron man overlay in disney studios paris so yes. so not in cal or not in orlando which um i would love that but uh yeah it looks like they're going to do the same thing over there which yeah th- this is also them just trying to you know push the uh the marvel ips out put the I ips guess. out there yeah. yeah and that that park struggles i mean that's that's one of the a lot of people say that's one of the worst disney parks out there and Disney really just kind of took over, uh, you know, I think they took over complete ownership of it. So I think this is them trying to inject some life into it. Basically, Yeah. Yeah. They, they, re- they just really um, got back into it. Like just this last year. So for a long time, the, the park was run independently. So um, now that they have control over it again, it, it definitely sounds like they're, um, it, there, there was a culture gap with Disneyland Paris that, you know, they, they weren't treating it the same as Disney in North America. So it sounds like, yeah, they're, they're starting to, to get back to uh, actually running it like a proper Disney park, which 
is great yeah. overall because you know it means that you know we have more places to go that are other than disneyland and disney world right so well yeah and this goes to show you though too that if disney could do it they would blow up marvel at at disney world like there'd be yeah. marvel if they could make it happen but i also look at this too and forever it's been rumored that they're going to change rock and roller coaster into a monsters inc theme ride where it's going to be like the doors in the in the factory mm-hmm. um which would be really cool and i still think they should do that but i thought it was interesting that they're they're redoing rock and roller coaster like this i feel like it doesn't bode well for the one at Hollywood Studios. And, you know, somebody did, uh, I, I read this, uh, I think it was on Reddit, I saw somebody made a comment that, you know, the thing is, is that uh, a lot of the stuff that's at Hollywood Studios is actually remnants of MGM. So Rock and Roller Coaster is one of those things one that, remnants. yeah, that it, it's, um, it was an MGM thing. That The reason that they had uh, an agreement with Aerosmith was through MGM. And so, I think they, yeah, Disney is trying to look at these things and go, well, what can we take and what can we, you know, replace it with our own IPs because we don't want to keep paying these guys licensing and and all that kind of stuff. And and also too is yeah, it, it you know updates the park, it gets it a little more relevant to what Disney's actually doing, which isn't bad. I mean, I, I love Rock and Roller Coaster. I, I I think it's a fun ride, and I mean the little blurb at the beginning with uh, with Aerosmith is cute but it's it's even at the point now where like the the cast members you know kind of joke and read the lines like like i i've seen it a couple of times on podcasts and stuff (laughs) or you know or not on podcasts but on people's vlogs where you know that people are like you know they ask um aerosmith for fast or backstage passes and then you know the they come back and and like continue with the lines and so it, it's become very campy i guess at this point which <laughs> that, re- that reminds me of like country bear jamboree when you go to that at disney world and like yeah. they, they have the little interaction with with the uh, characters and it's like it's like sometimes they're into it and other times they're just like okay i read this like 40 times today and i'm mm-hmm. kind of tired of doing it and it's been done forever you know like that kind of thing so yeah and, and even the same thing at, at the tiki room right is you know when at the beginning right. of the show is, you know, they, they tell Jose to wake up and, you know, some cast members are like, you know, they're very excited about it. And other ones are like, wake up, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wake up, Jose. I'm going to yeah. do this again. I mean, that, that, that's not cool because, you know, that's, that's Walt's thing and they, they should yeah. really respect it. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get on them too hard for it, but like, <laughs> yeah, go, going back to rock and roller coaster, it's, uh, I'm glad that, you know, they're looking at it at Paris and, and maybe that, Maybe they figure because that park is not as busy that that's a good place to try this overlay. And also the fact, too, is that uh, if they actually did this at Orlando right now, if they said, oh, you know, we're going to close down Rock and Roller Coaster because we want to overlay it with something, now you have one less ride in a park that's already... Already has no rides. <laughs> yeah, already under way too much construction as it is. So yeah, yeah, and that's I would if I had to make a bet, I would say after Star Wars lands, uh, Star Wars Land opens, then they then they do that because then they'll have all this other stuff and that can distract from that while they work on doing the overlay there. That's you know what? what would be my bet. So my prediction is that they won't even wait until Star Wars Land opens. I um, so I think that they're not even going to wait until Star Wars Land opens. They're actually going to do it either after Toy Story opens, so, you know, later this year, or after uh, Mickey's Runaway Rail opens. I can see them closing down uh, uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. You know what? I could see that, too. Um, I, I, I actually, I could see that once 
once Toy Story Land opens, they could probably justify getting that done. Yeah. Huh. Well, they okay. have because hey, you know it's a, it's an even swap. Is you know they open up a new roller coaster and then they take and away the other roller coaster. Yeah, so exactly, no plus one minus one. Exactly. So yeah. <laughs> in, in in the same Hollywood Studios vein, we talked last week about a rumor uh, that that Hollywood Studios yeah. was going to be renamed into uh, Cinemagin. Um, was I, that was the name, right? It was Cinnamon Disney's, Bun. Cinnamon Bun. Dis- <laughs> yeah. Disney, Disney Cinnamon Bun Park. Um, yeah. Um, so Disney, I guess, saw that this was out there and uh, decided in a, a weird move, I feel like. I feel like they never do this kind of stuff where they address rumors like this. But they provided an update about Toy Story Land. And during that, they confirmed, and this is a quote from the Disney press release, the Disney Hollywood studio name will remain the same for the foreseeable future since we are, are, uh, since we are immersing our guests in a place where imagined worlds of Hollywood unfold around them from movies and music to television and theater. I'm interested in why this happened. So do you think they were going to change it and cancel those plans because everybody online made fun of it? Or was the rumor just straight wrong? I don't know. You know, I I think maybe it was a matter of they, I think they put those surveys out or maybe they didn't. I don't even know if those surveys were actually true or not, but I think maybe they put the survey out and then I think somebody had the idea of possibly changing it but then when the backlash came about the you know all these people going what are they doing why are they doing this and then i think they went you know what we're just gonna leave it how it is yeah that's i kind of think that too i i mean i don't know if they're if it's like done i don't know i I don't want to say that they're like we're not going to change it at all now i don't know do you think that they're just done done like they're just like they're not going to change it I, well, what I so the wording was um, the name will remain the same for the foreseeable future. So that leaves it open. Uh, yeah, I I think you know that that means yeah we're we're not planning on changing it right now. But if you ask us again in four years, maybe it's now the whole place is Star Wars land. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Star Wars Studio Parks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lucas Lucas Film Parks. Lucas Film. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, That's- yeah, I mean, it, it, this is the thing. You know, they'll, they'll never, you know, say, you know, this is the way it is forever because, I mean, that's that's kind of foolish of them to say, right? Because, you know, if they if they officially say this, that, you know, we're never ever going to change this again, even though it has changed in the past, the, it'll, it won't look good for them. So, but, you know, at the end of the day, Hollywood Studios, it does make sense because, you know, everything that they're doing is centered around their movie IPs, right? So... They should yeah, just rename it, it to Disney's Intellectual Property Park. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't roll off the tongue quite the same. What? It doesn't. You could ch- you could shorten it to IP. It'd be like MGM IP Park. Yeah, yeah I, Disney Disney IP I, Park. IP because there's no there's joke no, there's nothing there. you can, there's no jokes there that you but, can make. I don't know what yeah, you're talking about, Trevor. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, there's I, people in marketing that that seriously believe those things are a good idea and then when they say it out loud <laughs> whoever thought Cinemagine was a good idea that shouldn't have even yeah. been on the survey let I, alone I, the rumored choice i i honestly i i don't know how much i believe the the survey that went out even that it was it was actually a disney thing it, it just seems so seems sketchy yeah it, it's so out in left field <laughs> Yeah, I, I just it really did, especially for Disney parks, because if you just 
if you even look at like all the Disney parks around the world, nobody has a name as weird as Cinemagine. <laughs> There's just yep. nobody has a name that that is that weird. Uh, it just would be way outside of Disney's normal thing that they do with names. So I don't know. I just thought this was interesting that they came out and confirmed that you know, no, the name will not be changing. Yeah, maybe, maybe they heard our last podcast and decided. that's obviously why. <laughs> yeah. I, we know that everyone at Disney listens to this podcast and they know how many people listen to it. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> they, they just wanted to put that out to shut us up. Um, <laughs> there's a big conspiracy around this. Uh, to continue on with the Hollywood Studios news, too, uh, we actually, you know, just kind of found this news out a day or two ago here that uh, Toy Story Land will officially be opening June 30th. Um, they are going to be offering extra magic hours, much like Avatar did, which was which is a smart move, I think, by them. Mm-hmm. Um, while they're con- continuing this construction. Uh, Toy Story Mania is going to be operating at a limited capacity, so it's they're actually not even allowing fast passes during a certain time in April uh, while they're working on this, and and that's they're actually moving the queue line uh, to the to Toy Story Land. So if you if you're looking at where the queue line where you usually go into Toy Story uh, Mania. It's actually pretty much flipped on the other side of the building. So think of it that way. They're they're moving it all the way to the other side of the building. I did hear that they were uh, supposedly adding some new things to the tracks while they were, uh, you know, doing this construction. Um, My biggest question is, are they going to make it so finally they can use the Magic Band technology so you can see your name next to your score on the scoreboard? Because that's all I care about. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. And yeah, how have they not used it for that yet? How? It, it seems like a real easy thing, but also I, I guess Toy Story Midway Mania is a very complex ride to begin with, and maybe maybe they needed some time for people to to rejig yeah. it so that they can do stuff like that. So. Yeah, maybe I just like I thought always thought that was a missed opportunity. It's like sure I can see my name on a screen at the end of Small Worlds, but how come I can't see my name next to my score on Midway Mania? Yeah. You know? So, um, but did you see the concept art for the new entrance? Because it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I'm. I'm hoping to see as much of it as I can see when I go in May because uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be there well before it opens. So I'm I'm not expecting to actually get into Toy Story Land, but it's. Uh, I mean, it, it it looks like Andy's backyard. It's it's pretty cool how they've uh, how they how they've done those transitions, I guess, because it it's really it's gonna look a lot different from everything else at Hollywood Studios. For sure, and I mean, for those that haven't seen the concept art, and we'll probably post it along on our Facebook, along with the, uh, um, you know, with the podcast announcement. Uh, it, it basically looks like the box that the game Toy Story Mania would come in, right? So, like, yep. if Toy Story Mania were a real life game, they created it basically is. like packaging. No, you know, of course it is, right? Well, no, <laughs> but, no, you know, they actually released it on the Wii, right? Oh, they did. I didn't know yeah. that. No, I, I did not. I don't have a Wii, so I. Oh, yeah. Well, so yeah, they they did actually release all. You can get all the mini games as a as a Wii game. So it's okay. not it's not nearly as fun to play, but because uh, you know you're not in the car and all that. But yeah, it is it is an actual video game, and yeah, it's cool that they uh, they use that. <laughs> well, and and they haven't said anything about updating any of the games, but I have to believe that if they're doing all this construction, that they might throw some new games in there. I don't know. It, I, that's just a guess. Well, either that or maybe maybe leading into Toy Story four and any oh true yeah, yeah. I, I could see them you know putting more stuff in alongside that because again you know it's I think they've kind of covered all the current characters with the games so everything up to Toy Story three like there's characters that are that are there for each of the games so I think they need some new some new guys to get in there. <laughs> 
I agree. And and just so everyone knows, uh, so FastPass reservations will not be available from April 9th through May 7th. So basically, they're not going to allow any fast passes because basically the ride's going to be reduced to just one track, which normally it has three tracks, but there will be only one track that's operating. So pretty gonna it's gonna be pretty uh pretty rough to get the, the wait times for that are gonna get pretty bad so is, is that does that intersect with your vacation trevor yeah no? actually we we arrive uh um like may 5th <laughs> so well so, so, so you'll we'll, be able we'll to actually, get one yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be able to get one later in the week but i I'll, i have to actually go back and look at what days we're planning to be in which park because i think we may actually be there on the 7th <laughs> Well, I'd be interested to know though if you can go on it if anything's different, like if anything's updated that you'll that you know, can notice. Uh, I, that would be cool if you if you did get on that thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I'll I'll be paying attention to all that stuff and I'll I'll make notes. I did actually. So when when I was there in September, um, just going on Tower of Terror, I got a pretty good view of uh, of the, the Toy Story Park. But of course, it was just a lot of dirt. But I could see the uh, the Slinky Dog track and everything at that point. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'll be very curious to see how, how much that's changed since I was there last. Are you surprised they're not, they're not trying to go for the uh, Memorial day opening that they're delaying it to June 30th. Do you think it's because of toy story? Cause it, I mean, to, of toy story mania. Cause it seems from all the pictures I've seen lately, it looks like it's pretty close to done. It looks like slinky's done and that the space uh, that the aliens are done. Maybe it's just, you know, uh, uh, landscaping work at this point and detail work, but it seems pretty, pretty close to completion. Um, I think actually that uh, some of it has to do with Pixar Pier in California. Oh, interesting. Because uh, that is slated to open up in June as well. So I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to, because, yeah, um, for those that don't know, Pixar Pier was um, Paradise Pier got redone. It's all being redone as Pixar-themed stuff. And a lot of that is um, uh, Toy Story-centric things, but also, you know, Incredibles and uh, all the other Pixar IPs. Um, but I think they're they're trying to line those two openings up kind of close to each other because they they just want to promote the the Pixar IPs in general. So yeah, you'll see Toy Story Land open up and then you're gonna see a whole bunch of, of uh celebration about Pixar appear at the same time as well. So if they, if they did them a month apart, I think it would look weird. You know, I didn't even think about that and that makes total sense. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, but you know, hopefully, and we'll report this if it does come out. But hopefully, they'll have uh, pass holder and uh, DVC previews. So, um, you know, so hopefully, some people, some of our listeners, maybe can get in early on the DVC, uh, DVC preview and uh, you know let us know how it was. That would be great. And how far ahead did they do the Avatar previews? I don't remember when they did that. I want to say it was like a month or two ahead because we were definitely we were doing the we were doing the podcast when they had the the previews because I remember talking yeah. about it, but. I think it was a, a like a month or so at least ahead of time, and maybe even two months. It was it was pretty far ahead. Um, well, I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out for those too because uh, if it definitely if anything comes up while I'm there that I can get into a, a pass holder event or something like that, I will try my best okay. while I'm while I'm down there. Yeah, I hope I hope you can. That would be cool. Yeah. Um. So. Just really quickly here, because we want to we want to move on here, and, and you know we got a couple more topics. We finish <laughs> we're we're, we're done with Hollywood Studios. Yeah, we don't want to talk about Hollywood Studios anymore. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of Hollywood Studios today. Um, really quickly, so the minivan prices. You know, minivans have kind of 
uh, become a very popular option and have expanded to a lot of the resorts. A lot of the value resorts are getting them now. Uh, and with that change, with those additions, comes a price increase from $20 to $25. My question, I thought $20 was a little expensive in the first place, especially when you can get a Lyft or an Uber for much cheaper than that. I don't know. I, for me, 25 is even still way not worth it to me. <laughs> I don't know what you think, but it's that's a little pricey in my, in my nah, mind. It, to me, it's still... Uh, I, I guess for for my use case for it is that like I'm, I'm planning to use a minivan while I'm down there, but it's going to be for like a single trip that uh, like um, we were actually going to use it to go to Animal Kingdom so that we didn't have to get on the bus because that's going to be the furthest uh, trip from our hotel. So it's going to be a, a one-time use thing. And so for the $25, uh, it's not... To me, that that's not too big of a deal. If... If I was using the minivan more so on my trip, like if I was using it multiple times, I might be a little deterred from this. But I yeah. yeah, I mean the the five dollar increase. I I think it's just yeah they I I think they've kind of you know looked at the cost of an Uber and you know the again demographics of who's using these services, and I think they realize that yeah they can probably charge an extra five dollars because. Uh, because people are willing to pay for it. And also, maybe this is also to help them ramp up the fleet, because what I understood too is that, yeah, there's a lot more of these around, but they have to employ a lot more people, and they have to... There's there's a bit more overhead for it, so maybe they realized that they weren't quite making enough to justify $20 a trip. That's a that's a valid point I, I, that I... You know, I, I had thought of that, but yeah, maybe that's what it is. I, you know, it also could be a supply and demand thing too. Trying to, you know, while they increase the supply, you know, uh, trying to tamp down some of the demand. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I it's. I, I think you're right, though. I think when you're using it one time or for specific use, you know, to go to a dinner or something like that, then it's worth it for the twenty five dollars. But if you're using it for every transportation that you take while you're on the, at the resort, I mean, it just depends on how you are. I, I'm cheap, so I, I probably would just be like, let's take the bus. That's free, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's just me, though. I'm, I'm I'm cheap, so yeah. It's I mean, it comes down to you know, is what's more valuable, your time or your money? <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. So uh, this brings us to uh, my new favorite segment. We've been we've done the couple, <laughs> past couple of weeks, which is traveling internationally with Trevor. So, Trevor, you're going to talk about luggage today, I think you said? Yeah. Uh, so, um, first of all, actually, I wanted to uh, just uh, um, circle back on what we talked about last time, which was uh, um, grocery services. And I did have uh, – I had uh, somebody message me about this. Uh, her name was uh, – so, Julianne S. Um, uh, she had mentioned that um, in addition to Garden Grocer, there is another uh, service out there called Dizzy Dolphin. And um, so I I had heard of these guys um, a while ago, but I had never really looked into them. Um, Dizzy Dolphin is actually a grocery service that's run by people who are DVC members. So so the people who founded it, they are DVC. Huh. And so they, they run this... Yeah, they run this service with the intent of, you know, for people who are DVC so they can get their groceries on site. And um, the nice thing is, is that they're they're very um, accommodating for, you know, helping you with special requests and stuff like that. So so in addition to everything that I mentioned on the previous podcast, um, Dizzy Dolphin is definitely something to look into for those that are, are wanting to, to get groceries on site. And I'll be um, not for this trip because I've already set all my stuff up with garden grocer but on my next trip I'll, I'll definitely be investigating dizzy dolphin when i go so 
So uh, yeah, yeah I just I've, wanted I've to mention that, that one. I'm sorry, I've heard of that no, one a couple times, and I've heard a couple people. So thanks to uh, thanks to that listener for writing that in. We appreciate you uh, letting us know about that. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, so so outside of that, um, or what I actually want to talk about, and th- this is, <laughs> it, I I know it sounds so boring, but luggage. Um, so uh, as an international traveler, um, it, it does matter to me that uh, that I have the right luggage for my trip. And so, um, and I know like uh, a lot of people when when you uh, like you, you buy your luggage and you replace it like once every ten years, or at least I do. I, I generally don't. I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, but um, before we went on our last trip, we actually we made sure that uh, that we had the right luggage for our trip because you know when you're um, or at least for me, you know I don't I don't travel a lot by plane, and so when I looked at the luggage that I had, it was actually really small, and you know um, you do have to think about things like um, like there is weight restrictions. Each airline has certain weight restrictions and size restrictions on their luggage, and honestly, if you can manage to um, basically buy your luggage to be as close to the maximum as possible for those restrictions, because <laughs> um, you, you want to have uh, you want to have as much space as possible in your luggage. Um, the other thing too that uh, um, that you want to think about as well is that, uh, um, and this actually surprised me because I kind of assumed that that all luggage at this point had uh, had the TSA locks on them. But you do actually want to make sure that your your luggage is TSA approved, if possible. I know again, people in outside of uh, North America don't may not necessarily have access to this, but uh, um, I had actually bought. Um, so we had bought our luggage and, and so all the luggage that we take with us down to Florida, it has, um, it has a special little key on it so that when they need to go through your luggage, they don't have to actually like bust your lock in order to do it. They can just oh. pop it open, do check what they need to, and then lock it back up and they don't have to actually mess with your, uh, your lock, uh, your, your combination lock or anything. Um, but, um, I actually had my, my wife had actually bought luggage um, for another trip that she was just doing uh, inside the country. And I always said to her, oh, you know, well, let's just use that luggage on our next trip. And then I looked at it and I realized that it didn't actually have this TSA lock on it. So I couldn't, I couldn't actually lock this luggage and take it through, take it through customs and all that, because if they saw it and they wanted to open it, they would have to actually bust the lock in order to, to get into our luggage. So, um, so yeah, the, these are things again. You know, as an international traveler, you do have to think about them, and it's a bit of a pain in the butt. But it's part of you know, if you're wanting to travel and go to a tourist destination in the states, um, you do have to factor these things in to your travel. So um, yeah, as far as luggage goes, I like I said, I, I I very highly recommend you know getting as large a possible size. I actually. What I actually did was I went on to my airline's website and I found what their maximum dimensions were. And then I found luggage that was like an inch smaller than that. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> because, because again, I want... The possible by, an, you know, with an inch, you know, uh, available left. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, that, that was so that, you know, we, we made sure that we had, we had as much space as possible. But then on the flip side of that too is that you also want to be careful because... Um, when you're packing your luggage, you don't want to load all your heavy stuff into one, one luggage because, uh, then you end up paying uh, a weight overage, which again, we, um, we actually got hit with this on our last trip coming home, but that was, um, that was partly because we were tired and we didn't care at that point. But when we were coming back, 
um, we we got to the airport and our one luggage was, you know, it, it, they were both full and we had, you know, souvenirs and all that kind of stuff, but they put the one luggage on and it was fine. And then they put the other luggage on and it was like 15 pounds over the weight limit. And so at that point they're, they're like, Oh, do you want to shuffle some stuff around? Like, you know, to, to get them both under. And we just didn't care. And we were just like, you know, what, we'll just pay it this time. But, uh, um, but yeah, you definitely want to think about that though, with your luggage, both going down there and coming back is you want to try and make sure that, you know, if you're taking more than one luggage, like in our case, we actually have two, we have two, uh, uh, luggage that we take with us is that you want to try and balance all of your stuff between them so that you don't have to pay so, or you don't have to pay extra when you get onto the flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You definitely don't want that. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I said, it's, it's not, it's not super exciting, but, uh, the, these are the things that I'm starting to think about at this point for my trip. And, and, um, yeah, like I said, it's, um, it, it's a bit of a challenge coming uh, internationally, but, uh, yeah, if you, if you do a bit of research ahead of time, it definitely, you know, helps with not getting surprised by these things when you arrive at the airport. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And those of you out there that have your own, you know, that are you, you're, if you're traveling internationally, please let us know if you have some tips too, that we can mention on the show. Yes, absolutely. Cause I, I would love to know more of these things too. And yeah, if, I hope that this is helpful to other people at the same time. <laughs> absolutely. I, I've learned a lot. I, you know, cause I don't think about any of these things. So <laughs> I've learned a whole lot about if I had to, if I had to fly down there from outside the country. So <laughs> yep. anything else you want to mention on that before we uh, finish this thing up with some rumors? Uh, no, I think I'm ready to go with this. Cool. Um, so this, our first rumor is not really a rumor. It's just a funny article that I found. Did you read this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there's there's oh a my guy. Gosh. Yeah. So apparently every uh, 20 years, the, um, the Constitution Revision Commission of Florida uh, solicits input from the public on how to make the state better. And a guy, anybody can submit a proposal for this, right? So people that don't even live in the state, keep in people mind. that don't even live in the state can <laughs> submit a proposal. Um, and so, like somebody submitted a proposal to take Bay Lake, the cities of Bay Lake, and Lake Buena Vista, which those of you that don't know, that is technically where Disney World resides, are those two cities, um, to be dissolved and reincorporated as the city of Disney. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a dumb story but it just made me laugh and i had to bring it up i mean i think they it probably i i've always thought it was weird that it wasn't something disney related that where they were located but at the same time should it really be called city of disney i don't well, know i i can tell you the reason why it's not disney oh that's a that's a whole podcast episode well <laughs> right? I, I, can, I can give you the short answer is yeah, okay. when when Walt Disney was looking for land in Florida he didn't want people to know that it was him looking for the land because of what happened in in California when he made Disneyland um, as soon as as soon as it was announced he was making Disneyland all these people bought up property around him and built all those hotels that are there to this day so he had no way to expand or buy any more property so he formed another uh, company uh, um, Buena Vista, I believe it was. And I can't remember the other one, uh, Reedy Creek, I think. Yeah, so the... it's the Reedy Creek Improvement District is technically yeah. like the incorporated area that, that it, it is actually a part of. So that's why if you ever see like, if you've ever seen a, a Disney fire truck, it's the Reedy Creek, uh, you know, fire department. Exactly. So so he formed these other companies that weren't that didn't have his name and he had people go out there on his behalf and go in and buy up all the property 
so that uh, so that he could buy up as much as he wanted without people figuring out that he was planning to build a theme park there and then subsequently build hotels and, and crowd him in again. So, and if you if by the way, if you want to see the names of all those shell companies, they're actually on the windows of Main Street. So yes, if you're walking to, were you going to say that, Trevor? I'm sorry if I just yeah, stole your thunder. Well, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, it, the, the, these are the, these are those you know great Disney facts that everybody loves to hear. So exactly. yeah, the, yeah, the, all all the uh, all the shell companies are on Main Street, and yeah, so that, so that's the reason why it is named as it is, and yeah, the, so this guy with his his suggestion to, re- to to rename <laughs> to the city of Disney is, you know, it, while Disney didn't want it labeled as Disney because he just didn't want people to know he was buying up land at the time, whether it's named that now or not doesn't really matter, but it, it's still silly in my mind that uh, he he's putting in a suggestion like this. And <laughs> and also, and, and on top of that, the original concept for Epcot was an actual real working city, right? So... Mm-hmm. It was, you know, Epcot was never supposed to be a theme park. It was supposed to be an actual working city where people would come and collaborate and, you know, about technology and ideas. And it was a really interesting concept at the time. And so in order to do that, this is a whole podcast topic, honestly. But yeah. <laughs> in order to do that, he, you know, he had to position the state of Florida to make to kind of allow Disney World to be its own government, basically. And so uh, that's part of this, too. But I just thought this whole thing was funny. <laughs> yeah. A, a funny and, and also keep in mind that the guy who's submitted this uh this thing he doesn't even live in florida he lives in north carolina he also he also and i swear it wasn't me Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just brought this up because this was actually me i'm trying for my petition to get some uh to to pick up some ground (laughs) do you have city of disney shirts already printed that you want to sell oh yeah that's probably what this guy's angle is right yeah he's got a whole box of these (laughs) these t-shirts he wants he's got thousands of shirts already printed just waiting uh, yeah, this is not going to happen, though. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> but this other rumor is a little juicier, and we actually kind of talked about this as a rumor before, but this rumor's got a little more credence now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and this is really n- interesting. There were a bunch of permits filed all around Epcot um, showing some significant detail about the construction that's going around, uh, on around Epcot. So some of it is for Guardians of the Galaxy, but there's some also interesting areas with these permits that look like they could be for the hotel we've been talking about around Epcot, maybe right at the gate, uh, maybe connected to the um, to the monorail. So uh, there's some really interesting things going on with this. Um, and it looks like there's a couple different places that there could possibly the hotel could possibly go. Um, and, and so that's kind of where these things are going. Uh, basically, Let's see here. I'll sh- you know, so uh, it, if you're looking at the gate to Epcot, these this is all happening to the right. Yes. Yeah. Directly to the right. Yep. And, Which and I so guess would be west, if yeah. you like your cardinal directions. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah no that makes yeah. sense. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah so this is like kind of this is some of the first proof really that there's a, a possibility. Uh, you know, because this was rumored for a while, but this is is really interesting that it, it really could be uh, something that might happen. And and truthfully, I think I feel like with all the stuff that they're going to do to uh, to Epcot, they're they're really going to need uh, another hotel there too. I would think. Uh, I, I don't know, but I, I thought this was really kind of an interesting thing. And I'll share an image of the uh, 
you know, the kind of the permits and some of the different things that are out there. But, um, you know, I, I think permits are usually the best indicator of things that Disney is doing. You know, sometimes they can be a little bit, bit misleading. But, I mean, people knew about the gondolas way ahead of time because yeah. of the permits that were being filed. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing. And if, also, if you're, if you're trying to think of it geographically, uh, you know, as far as, the, as far as the park goes, kind of think of maybe like behind the Living Seas kind of area is where we're looking at. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the living seas kind of like that. That's um, when I think outside of the park, like that's kind of where the buses drop off is all to the right hand side. Yep. So, so they would have to, I mean, yeah, buses and parking and all that stuff would have to kind of shuffle around. I would think. Well, and that's what the interesting thing about this, there's a lot of permits that were, were filed with this. And so there's like a, there's a, a wooded area that's apparently going to be leveled, uh, cleared and leveled for development. So, uh, you know, that would maybe be where, how they would replace the parking lots. So they would put they would clear this other area that's kind of off behind, uh, you know, how do I describe what this is? It's kind it's almost it's off to it's even further off to the right, basically. Yeah. Um, if you're looking at if you're looking at Epcot. And so that would be all cleared out um, for additional parking lots. So maybe that's what they would do if they got rid of those parking lots to build the, the hotel. They would uh, kind of reroute all that stuff to those new ones that they build. So Yeah, and, and I think basically like like looking at the permit is they're, they're kind of filling in all the available space leading up to the roads Yep. around there. Like, uh, what is that? Uh, international? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, there's, and then there's some backstage roads too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it looks like yeah, they're 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 possibly going to like it's it's not just going to be that it's going to be all buildings, but yeah, the the parking and everything is going to take up more of that space leading up to Epcot. That right now is yeah woodlands. Yeah. So I, I, this is this is very interesting to me. I, you know, more to come. Obviously, this is still a rumor because we really have no idea what's going to come of it. It could be nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they might just be putting in more parking. Uh, who knows? But. I, you know, I don't know. I, I find this very interesting and I feel like there's a lot of smoke here, um, you know, to make me think that there's there's a possibility of a hotel, another hotel, uh, possibly this time within within the uh, the confines or of actual Epcot, uh, which would be really, really cool. That would be a place I would yeah. definitely want to stay. So it would it would be the first or actually I shouldn't say that because uh, the Star Wars hotel might even beat it. But it would be the first hotel in uh disney world that is actually attached to a park that's true yes it would be or inside a park although technically you could say that the suite that's in cinderella castle but that's just one room that you can't even buy right yeah yeah. and i was going to compare it to like this is like or uh the grand californian which is directly attached to uh to California Adventures. This will be the same thing as you'll have. You'll have this hotel that is attached to Epcot, and then yeah, you'll have the Star Wars hotel that is attached to Hollywood Studios. And who knows? Maybe we'll get something in Magic Kingdom. I don't know. That'd well, be pretty cool. Well, what would? You, or well, I mean, to be fair, they've already got three hotels on the resort loop already. So on the, the yeah. monorail resort loop. So I guess That's having true. one right there wouldn't make a lot of sense <laughs> yeah i agree so 
Well, you want to wrap this thing up? I think we yeah. talked a lot today. It's been a lot of Hollywood Studios talk. Yeah, yeah. The, this concludes our Hollywood Studios episode. And... Slash DVC update episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, once again, for anything that we've said here that you guys would love to to comment on or if you have your, any of your own experiences to share, um, you can always find us by email at welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we also have our website, which kind of like David said, I don't even know why I mention it anymore because it, it's, <laughs> we have it's it. kind of there, but we, we tend to use Facebook more. So, so I mean, the website is www.welcomehomepodcast.com, uh, at least for now, maybe won't be in the future i don't know <laughs> we'll just get rid of it <laughs> we'll see. um, um that's so in the rumor section trevor yeah that's in the rumor section. yeah we'll, we'll leave that in the rumor section for now um for but if you want to reach us on social media um we are of course on facebook which uh you can find us as welcome home podcast you can find us on twitter as welcome home pod and you can find us on instagram as uh welcome home picks and um, as usual, we uh, we are available on iTunes. We are available on Stitcher and uh, Google Play and all that. And um, we do appreciate reviews from you guys. So if you're listening to this, um, please give us a review because it helps us become more visible so that more people can listen to our stuff. Yeah, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast, too, so you can be reminded every time we have a new episode come out. Uh, I think one of the best things you can do is every time we release a new episode, get a little alert on, alert on your phone saying, hey, new episode of Welcome Home, and get really excited so you can listen to us on your commute or wherever you listen to us. And as Trevor mentioned, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, any podcast app that's out there, you can find us. And just a reminder to our listeners, as always, Welcome Home's a pod, uh, <laughs> Welcome Home podcast is for entertainment only. We We're are not a employed. <sighs> you know what? <laughs> it's been a long show today. I'm, I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> we are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any opinions we express on this show are our own. So please uh, consult a DVC representative or Disney cast member for more information and to confirm anything that we might have said on here. So uh, join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion and, of course, uh, more DVC uh, talk. We hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. We do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl.